to make a rich, smooth cold brew. Tim Horton steeps 100% Arabica beans for 16 hours. What could be richer than that? Well, uh... How about blending in swirls of sweet Irish cream? Rich enough? Ooh, I guess. Not quite, because Tim Hortons tops that cold brew with the cloud of sweet cold foam. Now, what could be richer than that? Nothing? Exactly. Irish cream cold brew with cold foam now at Tim Hortons. Or try cold foam on any of your Tim Hortons favorites. Modifications extra for a limited time at participating U.S. locations. It's official. Summer is almost here. The sun is getting brighter, the days are getting longer, and your yard is ready for some love. Make sure your flower beds and bushes can handle the heat with special savings on EarthGrow mulch. Keep the sun off your soil and water in the ground, plus add a fun pop of color that will last up to 12 months. Hurry in. EarthGrow mulch. Five bags for just 10 bucks. Feels like Memorial Day at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Valid May 19th to 30th. In-store only. Color selection varies by store. Limit 75 per customer. And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob O'Connell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Broadcast Network, Simul TV, iTunes, iHeart, and a whole bunch of other platforms, networks, and stations around the world. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV. And if you would like to um, find out about the programming we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. And on Simul TV, channel 21, the Exxon TV channel, www. I'm holding my breath because I know some of you are just scribbling to the next page. Here you go. X, uh, simultv.com. Exonation. It's always great for me to speak to a fellow Canadian. Uh, you know, I would say 95% of all our guests are from the United States and other parts of the world. So when I have the pleasure of talking to a fellow Canadian, I thoroughly enjoy it. And our guest this hour is Paul Bush. And he's in Vancouver, British Columbia. The name of his paranormal group is cornerstonesupernatural.com. And Paul, welcome to the X-Zone. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate you having me. Um, like I was saying to you before we went on air, it's great having a fellow Canadian here with us. And uh, Paul, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became involved in trying to make sense of what you and I call normal and yet so many other people call paranormal or supernatural. Well, I've been in uh, I've been involved in the in the paranormal for a while. Um, it was for me. It began in in Saskatchewan of all places, and uh, I fell in love with some of the paranormal there and some of the stories I heard and some of the locations. And uh, when I moved out here about 23 years ago, uh, my wife and I was always interested in in what was happening in here. There's a lot of historical places here as well. Mm -hmm. We decided to start this starter group uh, a few years ago and bring in some different different members from different different other groups and look at what was weird, what was strange, what was paranormal out there. 
And that made it uh, very interesting because, again, this was it was a hobby for us, but we wanted to take a look at it, find out what type of stories were out there, what mm-hmm. type of historical buildings we could get into, and let's take it from there. How significant is history when it comes to the supernatural or the paranormal? I think it's extremely important uh, for a number of reasons. Historical locations tend to be um, what they are. They're old, exactly. But the other problem or other challenge that they have is they carry a lot of different artifacts or different uh, things that, that they display. Mm-hmm. They could be given from somebody that passed. They could be given as a, as part of that group, a part of that location. And I feel, and so does a lot of the members in our group, that sometimes paranormals or ghost entities, spirits, whatever you want to call them, attach themselves to different pieces of what was important in their life. So if it was a teacup or right. a wagon wheel or something like that, and it's on display in the museum then or historical location then it tends to be that that person or that entity likes to be around that place and so history definitely historical locations definitely have a lot of let's say paranormal activity or even if you want to call it um things had happened that we can't explain so can we call it residual history I think it's a combination yeah. of both. I think both residual in the fact that they're attached to mm-hmm. to objects, but also it could be transient, where spirits are passing through and walls don't hear. Sorry, walls don't hold people or hold spirits or entities. So right. um, it could be their pathway or their or their way that they went many many years ago, and it just happens there's a building there now, mm-hmm. and they're just passing through. Where was your first investigation for your group? Oh, wow. That's a good one. I think one of the most, the first investigations for, for our group that really brought us all together, let's right. put it that okay. way, was uh, the Stanley Theater in, in Vancouver here. And it was, uh, it's, it's got its own ghosts. I mean, the Stanley Theater is, is well known. It's a historical location. It has three spirits that want to be there. Hmm. Uh, Two are a little bit on the comical side, and one tends to be there to watch and see that the shows that are being produced there are active and having fun. So they are definitely there. They are definitely let us know that they're there. Mm-hmm. Doors slamming, um, figures. Uh, we used a, a, an SLS camera, which is a structure, structured light camera and it caught a what we call it a stick figure and it's some of the more recent equipment that we've used uh and it was quite amazing to to uh to see that and have it interact with the investigators while we were there do you ever get um do you are you ever afraid when you're doing an investigation do you ever get that that uh, feeling that you're being watched you're being touched um how do you feel when you can? How was it during the first investigation of the Stanley Theater when all this activity was happening? You were, for us and for me personally, mm-hmm. you're so involved in listening and in, in trying to catch things on camera or video or 
going live by having a headset on and, and typing it into a, um, a digital recorder that you don't really have time to be afraid. You're so busy concentrating and making sure that you're hearing or mm -hmm. seeing things or asking questions for somebody that's not there. A lot of things, a lot of questions we get is, is uh, um, what do you do? And it's, it's like the most common answer we give them is, well, we sit in the dark and talk to people that aren't there. And that's true. Um, we, it's, it's, a, it's a favoritism that you need to try to explain that mm -hmm. to somebody that doesn't know that. It's not like on, on TV shows and, and, and that where something's going to come out of the wall or something's going to be after you. It's more that like 99% of the time you're not getting any interaction or anything at that time. But it's that 1% that's really, really interesting. Um, the, other nine, the other 99%, you're listening to recorders. You're going over video. You're going over photographs. You're trying to make sense of maybe something that you heard in the, uh, in the theater or in the historical site. So it's 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 not all um, fast paced. Yeah, it's it's it is. It's it's not uh, because if you're doing a, a video presentation for a, a show or anything like that, mm -hmm. you're not there for two or three hours. You're there for a, a amount of a long right. amount of time. So you're you're tending to try to get all of your all of your ducks in a row in a very short period of time. So how long would the average investigation take you and your team? It, it all depends on the location, but I would say we're, we average anywhere from two to three hours. Wow. Um, and that's including setup of equipment. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we don't want to spend customers or clients or whatever you want to call them. Um, you don't want to spend a lot of time wasting their time exactly. because – you're setting up equipment. You're trying to get right to the moment. Mm -hmm. um, and then you don't want to go over your time allocated because they might have something else to do. Uh, so you, don't, you want to be fair. You want to be um, you're gracious to them for them allowing us to come into their place to look for paranormal activity. Paul, stand by. You and I have to take our first break. And explanation, if you'd like more information about our guest this hour, Paul Bush, visit his website, CornerstoneSupernatural.com. And Paul and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget the X-Chronicles newspaper for May, June 2019 is available with our compliments online at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. You can go, read it online, download it, send it to your friends, get the word out there. 92 full pages color with some of the most leading stories in the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology today. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Whatever you do, don't go away. Exxonation, Paul Bush is our guest this hour, www.cornerstonesupernatural.com. Paul and his team are based in Vancouver, British Columbia, on the west coast of Canada. Um, Paul, why do you think that these spirits hang around? Why don't they go to the light? Why don't they go to heaven or wherever 
other spirits go? What what attracts them to to stay in, in one location, like the three spirits in the at the uh, Stanley Theater? I think that uh, it, again, it, it's sort of like if if you give you another example in Vancouver, if okay. you ever get down to. Uh, the Irish Heather, it's a great bar in, in downtown Vancouver. Hey, wait a sec, wait a sec, Paul. Any bar that has the word Irish in it has to be a great bar. <laughs> uh, yes, and it's, it's, a, it's a great little spot. Um, but if that was your place, like you just said, commented mm. um, that it, it would be a great, it's a great place. Yeah. Um, so if you had that as part of your day-to-day or your weekend or and you had a lot of fun being there mm-hmm. why wouldn't you be there well let's so, say i was I, married and i used to go to the pub just to be with my friends why wouldn't i and if i had a happy marriage and if everything was happily ever after why wouldn't i want to be wherever my wife was or let me, this brings up a very interesting point are most ghosts single <laughs> I, i've never asked that question Hmm. Um, we usually ask male, female, you yeah. know, and, and try to find out if, if, uh, if, uh, we get some sort of answer that way. Um, it's, that's a, that's a difficult question. I mean, it's, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to paranormal investigation. There's no, um, it's gotta be, it's gotta be set in stone that, you know, at nine fifteen on a certain night, something's going to happen. It's no, it's whether it's attached to an individual, whether, and that's, that happens. I mean, if you've, if you've had somebody pass in your, in your family that you're very close to, and suddenly you get the feeling of somebody, like you've said, watching you, or that you have a feeling of that individual being around or the smells or anything like that. It's a possibility of that. I, there's no, there's no real reason for it to be, set on certain types of places or locations or individuals. It could be all, all of them. Well, what it do, what be, do we know about ghosts, spirits, um, with all the investigations that are going on at this, any given time, you know, there's thousands of, of groups in the United States, thousands of groups in Canada, as well as all throughout the world. What have we learned in the last 10 years when it comes to what a ghost is or what a spirit is? I think that's still to be decided. Mm. Um, everybody's got their own opinion about what a, what a ghost is. Right. Um, everybody's got a different reason for being in it, uh, in, in, in being in a, in a group or being in a paranormal investigation. Um, I think it all, it's up to you to decide if that's important for you or not. I don't think that there's there's any set standard for people or groups to say, you know, this is the reason why we have these events or we have these situations right. happening. I don't think that that's really all part of it. Um, I think it's up to the individuals. It's just like going into an investigation. If you've had a bad day and you've got a group of six people going into an investigation, or let's reverse that, say you're going into a meeting. Mm-hmm. One person has had a really bad day. You go into that meeting, that meeting takes forever. Yeah. If you go in with all of everybody's had a great day, everybody's got some positive attitude, mm-hmm. you go into that meeting, wow, this thing, it really wasn't a meeting. It was a great time. 
we went on, boss was great, yada, yada. Um, it is exactly the same of going into an investigation. If you're positive, if you're feeling good about it, then and your group is good about it, you're going to have some good experiences. If you have some negativity in that or you've had some uh, somebody that's had that bad day as part of your investigation team, you're not going to get as much activity or communication as you would want. Um, I think that's that's true. Then let me ask you this, Paul. What is the ultimate goal of investigating the supernatural? What are people hoping to find? Because, you know, when you do an investigation, you are, you are looking for evidence to either, I know when I was a cop, to either arrest or clear. What is the purpose of, of, of a paranormal investigation then? We get called into places, and, and that's, or we get referred to places mm -hmm. um, for paranormal investigations to find out what is there. I see. Another example is is um, there's a uh, the Water Street Cafe in downtown it has a lot. It has, um, and I can talk about these locations because they've given me permission to do so. Um, but that place has had stories about a body being dragged across the roof and mm -hmm. and uh, other activity. We did an investigation there, and we found absolutely nothing. We found some high um, K2 activity, uh, EMF activity behind a bar, but that was because there was a compressor behind there. So whenever an individual was in the bar serving drinks and he felt somebody was watching him, well, the reason he was, he was sent, because he was sensitive to the compressor that was behind him. Um, we go in trying to figure out why there's been paranormal activity. Now, whether that's paranormal activity that we cannot explain mm -hmm. or paranormal activity that we can explain. Um, could be wiring. Could be an old house with wiring going through. And and uh, we were at an, another location. Of, it happened to be a museum called the Haney House. And uh, one area in on the floor was just really active, set off our meters, set off everything that we had. We found out later that it was old wiring leading to a, a lamp that was in the dining room on that particular hallway. So it was something that we could explain. But anybody walking down that hallway would feel very weird, will feel lightheaded um, if they were sensitive to that type of activity. So if we can go in and help a group or a, a location um, settle some fears or settle some um, aggression or feelings that they're being watched, we can do that. There's the other two, two people use that for um, find out a par find out paranormal activity about my place because I want to use that in my advertising. Mm -hmm. And that happens. Uh, they want to talk about it. They want to say, hey, look, you know, Paul was in here and Cornerstone Supernatural was in here and they did their thing and, geez, they caught these EVPs or they got this picture or they got some SLS happening and they want that so that they can they can give that to their customers who are also, hey, is this place haunted? Yeah, it becomes part of the paratourism industry. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's big. It certainly is. It's a multi-billion dollar industry that the government just hasn't figured out how to tax yet. <laughs> true. Yeah. True. And, and, and we, we go into locations and we don't charge for it. So right. we do it just for the, the thr thrill of it, but also to 
see what's out there. Plus, you really. do it to help those people who are who are really concerned and who have either fears or questions. And sometimes we can't we cannot yeah. explain that. We might be going into a we go into a place. Um, it could be a residential, mm-hmm. and that person is experiencing some really profound feelings and hearing things and sensing things and we go in there and we do our thing and we can't find anything that would promote that right Uh, and that's hard to tell somebody that look we did a paranormal investigation and we couldn't find anything there um and yet and you can come back and do it again uh people pay for having their houses cleansed or um or other things i mean it's 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 all part of uh, I think a question that we can't answer, and that's unfortunate because I, I personally I like to go in thing and keep it clean. Sure. Um, but there's times that you just go, ah, there's nothing here, or there is something here, and how to explain that to an individual that's deathly afraid of of what's happening to them? Do you or your group look? Uh, do you see an increase in demonic presence? Or do you think that the demonic uh, aspect of the paranormal supernatural is being used as a as um, a way to enhance paratourism? Personally, yeah. Um, and it, I've never come across uh, something demonic. I have come across negative mm-hmm. aspects um, where it's it's feeling dark. Like we were in a church, believe it or not, and uh, there was a uh, two spirits there, a little girl that would run across the roof and have all sorts of fun. And yes, we caught the footsteps running across the roof. And yet in the, in the other end in the very far furnace area, mm-hmm. it was very dark, a dark feeling of, and you'd go in there and it felt heavy. The air felt heavy, but there was nothing in there that would electrical, electrical wise or anything that would equipment wise, we couldn't get anything that would, justify that so um but i've never come across anything like that all There's right paul i hate to cut you off but i've got to take my news break at the bottom of the hour and Nation. paul bush is our special guest he is in vancouver british columbia on the west coast of canada the name of his group is cornerstone supernatural their website cornerstonesupernatural.com and paul and i will be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the x-zone from our broadcast center and studios in hamilton ontario canada don't go away paul bush is our guest for this hour here in the x-zone his website is www.cornerstonesupernatural.com and paul and his group are in Beautiful British Columbia, the city of Vancouver. Uh, Paul, uh, during the commercial break, you and I were talking about your very interactive Facebook page. Tell us about that and why, and and I love the reason why you gave us why it's so important. Well, it's a Cornerstone Supernatural group on Facebook. And one of the things that you find is people are very, and it's a closed group, and and there's a reason for that. People are afraid to tell their stories. Um, and however, you know, linked from wherever, uh, across the world, literally. Um, and so we wanted to have our Facebook page as a, as a safe zone, something that, uh, people could tell their stories about 
what they're experiencing. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was pictures. Maybe it's something their grandmother told them. And get some interaction with the other members of the Facebook group. And and then whether it's and, and again on a positive aspect because then it gave them reinforcements or a, or a, a, plat, a platform to for them to talk about and get some feedback on what they're experiencing or why they're experiencing something. And I think it's really helpful for people that are maybe not involved in a paranormal group or know much about paranormal. And because paranormal is more than ghosts, it's cryptoids, it's, uh, you know, the fuzzy man in the, in the forest, UFOs, whatever. It just happens that that tends to be most of what our, our focus on is as investigators. But in the, in the Facebook page, everything's fair game. And so they can tell their story. They can feel safe about it. They can get feedback from people that it might react something or have somebody react in an, another way for something that they remember that happened to them. And then the conversation begins. How did you and your team members, I believe you've got 18 members on your team, how did you all hone in on your paranormal investigative skills? Well, we've got individuals in our group that from literally people that, are, that haven't done it before, mm -hmm. Uh, to people with that have had over 30 years of experience. So you've got a different mix of individuals that bring different ideas and different techniques to the table. And I think that's real important. You can go out to an investigation and everybody's going to have their own way of doing things. It doesn't have to be a set script of how to do an investigation. Um, very important. You get, uh, you get different ideas, you get different feedback, you mm -hmm. get a different flow to an investigation than if you've had something that I'm going to ask for questions, then you're going to ask for questions and so on and so forth. And, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, um, a free for all, so to speak, but controlled. Um, how do you, when, when you go to an establishment or a home to do an investigation, how do you, how do you do your benchmark testing to, to see whether or not, there are, for example, microwave frequencies. If there are IR frequencies or are there EMFs, how do you how do you get the basic benchmark before you conduct your investigation, looking for anomalies? Well, when we're going into an, an into a paranormal investigation, mm -hmm. our, our a couple of the members will go and do a sweep of the place, okay. um, and that's with K two meters, uh, with other types of devices, just to see if there's anything that we can. Um, justify right off the bat. Uh, others are setting up equipment or getting their places where they want to be, mm -hmm. and everybody can you know, do their own thing and get things ready while a couple members are going around. That helps a lot because we can come back to the conversation and say, okay, in this area we're getting extreme EMFs because of, like you said, a microwave, or we've got right. um, a lot of restaurant equipment here and it's still active, and because of that, uh, we're going to have to dis dismiss anything that we get around that particular area. So that, that it, that's a starting point. Um, we also, you know, we'll come into, come into situate, we'll come into an investigation and we ground ourselves right at the mm -hmm. very beginning. We'll say, Hey, we're here just to find out a little about you. We're not here to harm you in any way, shape or form. 
um, we're just going to ask you some questions and and see if we can you know we're say Joe's with us and right. Joe's with us because he wants to learn about you as well but but if you're going into an investigation and during their grounding process you you address uh, spirit or an entity that is perceived to be there isn't that tainting the results of the investigation since you're already going in with a preconceived idea that someone or something is there we do things maybe a little different um, it's important that wherever we investigate mm -hmm. The individual that led us in there to or giving us access to there comes along for the investigation. Uh, I think that that's that's really really important. They know that person more, seeing them every day, mm -hmm. than us. They don't know us from a hill of beans, um, and so they can interact and also feel okay. Well, if this person is with them, then they must be okay to for me to ask you know to answer some questions or or respond accordingly and i think that that also gives some um some ownership to the person that's with us uh to the investigation we could go into an investigation and say thank you lock the door we're going to be here three hours we're going to do our thing we'll come back to you and present you with whatever. no no that's not what i'm saying at all paul that's not what i'm saying at all mm -hmm. What I am saying, though, is if you enter, once again, I'll, I'll go back to the good old police experience. When you enter an investigation with a preconceived uh, idea of how the crime was committed or whether there is a suspect, that is a tainted investigation. So why wouldn't the same apply here to a paranormal investigation when you go in as investigators? Now, when you say, okay, we're here to do this, that, and the other thing, we're not here to harm you. By virtue of saying that, aren't you then admitting that there is something in this investigation or that you have already predetermined that there are spirits or unknown entities in that location? Uh, that's a good point. I think that um, if you can work with the spirits that mm -hmm. are there or not, you've still got to have some sort of baselines in, in order to work things through. Okay. You can't just... Um, like I said, you've got the two individuals sweeping the room to find out if there's anything that we have to watch for yeah. that are out of, that are normal. Um, or and, and then you throw that aside, but you still have to work with what's in that room. But you don't know you, what's in this room, so how can you work you, with something you have not established that is there? But you have to assume how? that something that you have to. Then that's not an investigation. Then that's not an investigation because you can never assume anything during an investigation. An investigation's results are based on fact and evidence. Here's the policeman coming up to you. If the individual that lets you in there has said that he's having these experiences, right. Then that's already set the baseline for you to go in and find out. Okay, what are these experiences that you're having? Is it something that can be explained, mm -hmm. or is it something that's paranormal that we have to do our research in order to get to the bottom of? Maybe it's a squirrel in the attic. Right. Right. Does a person's or, religious beliefs have anything to do with how an investigation is concluded? No. 
And and I say that for a reason is mm-hmm. because in our group we've got people that believe. Yeah. We've got others that don't. So you don't go in there with the thing that there's an all almighty uh, that's gonna that's that's taking over everything. Um, you have a conversation then as to uh, whether you believe or not. It mm-hmm. always brings out the question. It always brings out. Is there something that we come we can focus on to become to be, put this in a common ground? We can't just assume that it's not there. So, and, so, and, so basically, what you do is you leave any religious uh, connotations or religious beliefs at the door. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, you have to. I mean, I, I personally, I'm an mm-hmm. assisting minister, and um, so for me. I've got lots of different things that I can think about going in, Certainly. but I don't. I don't bring that with me. We've got other other individuals that are extremes, like that that have that psychic or that medium experience. Mm-hmm. Um, others that uh, uh, believe in something other than a, a, a higher figure. So yeah, no, it, it's got to be. You got to have a little bit of everything. All right, Paul, stand by. You and I have to get ready for our final break. And explanation, if you'd like to contact our guest this hour, Paul Bush in Vancouver, B.C. Maybe you've got a place that's haunted or you know a place in B.C. that is haunted and these people are looking for help. They're looking for answers. They're looking for someone to give them a hand. Get a hold of Paul and his group. Their website is www.cornerstonesupernatural.com. That's www.cornerstonesupernatural.com. And Paul and I will return on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, the X-Chronicles newspaper, May, June 2019, is available online at xchroniclesnewspaper.com and to find out about all the radio programming we have for you 24-7, 365 on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net and for the X-Zone TV channel, visit simultv.com. I'm Rob McConnell. We'll be back as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away now. All right, for all of you paranormal buffs, we have some great shows for you on the Exxon Broadcast Network. We have A Different Perspective with Kevin Randall. We have Paranormal Stakeout with Larry Lawson. Some of the other shows include Mission Evolution with Gwilda Wiaka. We have Connecting with Coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, M.D. And we have Know the Name, Know the Genius in You with Sharon Lynn Wyeth. And let me see, I'll just pull one out of the air. Cal Korf and Cal's Corner. For all the information on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. Paul Bush is our guest. He is the gentleman behind cornerstonesupernatural.com, and they are in Vancouver, British Columbia. And first of all, Paul, thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, Is it harder today to be a paranormal investigator with all the different TV shows uh, that are that are making the circuit these days? Or, or do you find them t- these shows to be an asset or a hindrance? That's a good question. Um, I, I'm going to attack that from, from 
two ends. Okay. Uh, I think that it, it creates a lot of interest mm -hmm. in the paranormal. I think that a lot of people think that um, there's some uh, solidified um, answers to what is out there. There is, unfortunately, some shows that tend to uh, be theatrical. Right. Uh, and and that's, that's just too bad because there is a lot of good shows out there. Um, whether it makes it easier for... On the other hand, if it makes it easier for paranormal investigators, yes and no. I, I think that uh, um, there is locations that we have not been able to get into because um, other paranormal groups have gone in there and maybe damaged something and, and created a bad name for paranormal investigators. Mm. And that's too bad um, because I think that if anybody can get into a location, mm -hmm and it's, it's fair, uh, then it should be fair for everybody else. Because um, everybody's got it, every group has a different perspective on how they do things. So let me ask you, that, that brings up an interesting point. What makes your group, and I'm talking about uh, Cornerstone Supernatural, what makes you and your group different from others that are out there? Well, one of the things that we, one of the things we wanted to start with is, is Cornerstone being, mm. being the foundation of a, of a group. Right. We wanted it to be strong, and we wanted it to be um, different, something to build on. Like the, corners, like the cornerstone group, of a group, church. Sorry? Like yes. the cornerstone well, of a church. Then that's exactly where the picture came from, uh, and I hope you show it. But it, um, it did come from a, a church in Chicago, mm -hmm. that picture uh, of the stone. And, again, something was built on it. It yeah. uh, uh, lasted for a long, long time. For us, it's just it's it's just something that I want to that people can feel good about, that people can actually come in and work on and and say I feel good about this this particular group because they're honest. Mm -hmm. They're not here to they're not charging me. They're not here to make me afraid of what I'm what I'm having challenges with. They're here to hopefully answer some questions. And um, I think, and, and in a lot of places, and I'm not saying this as a, as a bad thing, is after investigations, these people that are with us, that have let them into, the, into our location, they become friends afterwards. And so if we, when you go back, it's more of a, a family gathering than it is uh, a, a paranormal investigation. And I think that's really important. People need to be People need to find them find a comfort in the group that they're working with, and, and I'm not just saying it's us or anybody else, but they need to feel comfortable. They need to be feel that they can tell you a story about what they what they think is happening, mm -hmm. and uh, and not be criticized for it, and not feel bad for telling that story. And I think it's really important to go into investigation, see what's there talk with the person, have that person come along and, and actually take part of investigations. I mean, think about yourself. If you've ever been on your, think about back to your first investigation. I mean, that was amazing, right? And it's the same thing for that person coming along because they get to witness the equipment. They get to witness what we do. They, like I said before, they take ownership of it. And I, uh, they, need to, they need to feel all right about the whole thing. They can't just be 
um, a one and done sort of thing. But what about the old saying about familiarity breeding contempt? Becoming close friends with someone whose location you're doing an investigation on, doesn't that lead to the possibility of a favoring one outcome to another outcome? Well, and that's what I, I say. There's always, mm -hmm. you've got to make sure that that individual feels comfortable with, if they want to go with another group, then they can go yeah. with another group. Um, just because you're there and just because you're friends with them. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to know your, but if they find that that other group is pushing or that other group is, is doing something um, like uh, sharing things on Facebook or sharing things about your investigation mm -hmm. when they told you definitely not to do it, then that's really, really important. I mean, it's, it's happened. But, um, it, but isn't it yep. also possible that the person may not like the other group because the other group did not tell them what they wanted to hear? And that's true. So where, where do you draw the line? Well, I think that is, it's just like getting back to the familiarity thing. Yeah. Um, if that, like that, that spirit or in, mm. individual that's there knows that person will get, but as we go in there more and more right. times, there's increased activity. Why is there increased activity? Because they're getting to know you and how you do things. And so, and we found that. If you, we found that one location that we go into, and it's a, it's a historical building, and every time we go in there, we get more and more reaction, more and more interaction with us, and it's, it's becoming more and more fun. But what about the latest uh, psychological findings uh, and and psychological research that is starting to show that the majority of of any paranormal activity is being created by the agent or the person who reports the paranormal activity and is increased by members of any paranormal team that comes in because they go in with an expectation and they are in fact creating something like, um, like PSI. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, and unfortunately there is some, there is groups out there that will do that. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's just too bad. And, and uh, say what the, what the person wants to hear. You've got to be, in your own space or with your investigators, you've got to be comfortable enough to tell the truth, to say that, yes, we found this, or no, we didn't. Um, but, or but, you were there and me, you heard that, but we never caught it as actual physical evidence. Okay, and this brings me back to what we were I was saying earlier. You go into a place and you show respect talking to the spirits, telling the spirits that you're there to help, you're not there to hurt, and so on and so forth. How can you say at the end of an investigation, well, there's nothing here, when at the very beginning of the investigation, you acknowledged that there was something there? You're assuming. You're assuming that there is something there. Either that because somebody has, somebody has said something. Mm -hmm. So you, you can't, you, for us, we can't go into, we cannot go into a location and not assume that there's not some sort of paranormal activity but, there. But, but if, if you go in and the assumption is there that you are, by the very idea that you dis, you know give this respectful uh, acknowledgement to spirits or ghosts, when you start prior to the investigation, how can you legitimately say at the end of the investigation, there is nothing here? Aren't you just contradicting yourself? Well... That's a good, good point. I think that uh, it's sort of like going giving paranormal Miranda rights. 
um, that you're um, you're there to try to talk to something that's not there. You're hoping that if you do catch something, even at least you made that acknowledgement at the beginning. We also cleanse. We also at the very at then we said, you know, we say stay here. Don't come home with us because mm-hmm. we don't want that. To t- if there is something there, we don't want that, that attachment coming with us. But wait a sec, hold on here. Now you've got me totally confused. At the beginning, <laughs> you acknowledge there might be something there. At the end, if there's nothing there, you say there's nothing there. But before you go home, you cleanse yourself just in case there was something there. Because you don't know if you if you're if it's your first time in that location. And you haven't caught anything. That mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that you have not caught in something on your equipment. So when you go home and you go through all of your evidence and suddenly you're hearing that knock or that bang or that uh-huh. click or something like right. that, that you cannot explain, then at least you've protected yourself in that regard. All right, Paul, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. And our guest this hour was Paul Bush from Vancouver, British Columbia. And I'm telling you, Exonation, Nation, I'm a little confused here. You walk into a place, you acknowledge to the spirits that you're there not to harm them, that you're there to help, whatever. You do an investigation, and you come to the end of the investigation, you say, well, there's nothing here. But wait a minute, at the beginning of the investigation, you acknowledge there might be something there, or why would you acknowledge that there is something there? And after you say there's nothing there, what do you do? You cleanse yourself because there might be something there www.cornerstonesupernatural.com And uh, I'd love to hear your comments. Send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, www.xzbn.net is our website for all the Exxon broadcast network shows and for the Exxon TV channel on TV www.simultv.com. I'm Rob McConnell. I'll be back. Don't go away. Here at Mountain Dew, we'd like to remind you, you got to know what's important and what's not important. Knowing how to tie a tie, not important. Keeping a diary, not important. Trying all the different bold flavors of Mountain Dew, important. Experience the boldest flavors on earth. Do the Dew. 